Welcome to this episode of Nerdables. This week we say goodbye to a king, Haunted Mansion gets rebooted, Disney is doubling down on the widow, Powerpuff Girls get live, the Batman riddle gets solved, a long Halloween gets confirmed, and Snake Eyes gets pushed back. <laughs> So welcome to Nerdables. I'm R.A. Joining me are Chris and Ethan. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey. We have toys. We have toys, yes. We've been toy shopping the last two days, even though yesterday was a bust. Well, yesterday you got Only the last two days? One of us were at uh, uh, I feel like I've not up in time screaming about, Dude. <laughs> I feel like I've been out every day this week looking for toys. Yeah, you, I, mean, I think you pretty much have. Yeah, okay. I got I got to stop. So. You know, that unemployment check is only going to go so far. Yeah, but he's not getting but for the, anybody but, at us. But here's the thing, too, is I'm going out looking for the toys, but I'm not finding anything. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's the plus side. You, me, Chris, none of us are finding anything. Nobody's yeah. finding anything, yeah. You had uh, you've more luck than the rest of us, but you had more luck before you were going every day. Yeah. Or whatever. So I know we said uh, we I, I put, we say goodbye to a king in the beginning. Do that last. Let's let's we'll talk do about that last. Stuff, we'll say goodbye then, to Chad. And then we can get all, all yes. sad. But let's do the other stuff first. So, so Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion is the, getting a Eddie Murphy comes back reboot from, from the, the dead. Yeah, it's already been confirmed. No. It's Eddie Murphy. They're just going to show you the same film. Now nope. They don't have to shoot anything because in COVID <laughs> world. They're like, hey, look, this film's done. I'm pretty sure if they released that film, at least half of the country would think it's new because nobody saw the first one. I'm probably pretty much. Has anyone anyone here seen it? Did you actually I've see seen it? it. Why? I Why did you do that it. to yourselves? I don't I've seen it, it a couple of times. Oh, you just, nobody um, their free time more worse. than you. So uh, Kathy Diplo is going to write the uh, Haunted DJ? Mansion. Yes. Diplo's going to do it? Diplo. Yeah. What does Diplo think? <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I know you, you have a, a definitive passion for the Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion is my girlfriend's favorite ride. It's one of my favorite rides. Um, not just because it's her favorite, but I enjoy the ride mm-hmm. uh, immensely. I also like a lot of the rides and attractions that are older sometimes that don't go through a lot of updates. Um, thank God they didn't make it. The Eddie Murphy update. <laughs> you know, they put Jack right. in, or they put Sparrow in, in Pirates of the Caribbean after the movie was success. success. It, last thing we needed was Eddie Murphy in the middle of the ballroom going, oh, or whatever. I think um, if the movie was a success, you would have seen Eddie Murphy in there. But You might. I mean, we'll see what happens. With but then it. again, also, I think Eddie Murphy charges a lot for his licensing, That's so they may have too. not put him on there. I imagine Johnny Depp does, too. Um, <laughs> it depends on what kind of film they decide to make. At some point, obviously, the ride here in north america is not scary it's not meant to be scary um there's a spot or two that might give you a little like oh okay um but if you make it a horror film it could be really interesting well that's gonna be questionable because uh they're not gonna make it a horror film katie diplode diplode d-i-p-p-o-l-d diplode 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 is probably it so she wrote diplodocus she wrote snatched the uh, Goldie Hawn, uh, Amy Schumer movie. Oh, God. She wrote <laughs> the female Ghostbusters. Oh, no. She wrote Spy. I'm out. She wrote Brooklyn. She wrote an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm out. She wrote The I'm Heat, out. Parks and Recs, Players, Fat Guy stuck, stuck in the Internet. So that tells me that the, she wrote for star, Mad TV. the star of this movie... 
is going to be either Sandra Bullock or Melissa McCarthy. No. And most probably Melissa McCarthy. No. because from, from her track record? Because that's She's the done like one, six Melissa McCarthy movies. Yeah. She has. That's the one that she works with the most. So it's most likely going Snatched to be... Is, Snatched is the only one that doesn't have McCarthy in it. It seems like it's not the only one, but you know what I'm saying? No. Um, it does seem like they're going to go back to a comedy. Yeah, they're going to try that angle again because it worked so well the first time. I'm wondering if it's going to be um, Madam, uh, what's her name? What's Madam Leota. Madam Leota, thank you. There's two, char- there's two definitive characters that everybody always goes back to. And it's Constance the Bride and Madame Leota. Yes. Um, you have the hatbox ghost. You have the uh, the groundskeeper with the mm-hmm. dog. When Disney did uh, a comic book series a few years ago, it centered on Constance being the villain, quote unquote. Right. Um, because she couldn't leave. And, you know, it's a fun kind of all ages series. And then they just did one that released like last week or the week before, which I have to reorder because I gave up my copy to a customer um, that deals with Constance as well. So they always use Constance as kind of the, the piece, right? If you could do well, something even interesting in, even, with Constance as the, you know, this basically this black widow killer who eventually gets the, her come up. The, uh, mm. the Hedy Murphy one, there was some is of she that the one. Yeah, yeah. She's some of that. There's that because she ele- is the elephant the, element. Ele- yeah, I was going to say, why is she an elephant? It's not the jungle cruise. Um, <laughs> Because she has a story. Yes. The the house is is a part of the story. If There's no definitive story, but there are pieces here and there that you can kind of put mm-hmm. together and that people have put together to be that the house is Constance's house mm-hmm. um, and that she woos these men into her life, marries them, and then kills them and keeps their fortune, and that's how the house continues to right. be this beautiful southern mansion. Then eventually she gets her comeuppance and dies, mm-hmm. and she traps all of these souls inside of her house. Um there's other versions of it as well, but that's kind of the easy one that you go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have the the narrator kind of giving you pieces, but it's really nothing specific. Right. So the story would likely center on something around either Constance or Madame Leota um, as really the two name characters. The Hatbox Ghost is usually like a sidekick type person that's there. And usually, I mean, because even like with the Eddie Murphy, they, they had the Hatbox Ghost. They had the groundskeeper. They had a reference to Constance. They had Madame Leona. They had um, the hitchhiking ghost. You know, they in the cemetery, yeah. and they had things like that. Hitchhiking ghosts are because they have names as well. Yeah. Um, some of the characters in the cemetery, like the 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 singing lady and a couple mm-hmm. of the others, have a little bit where you can attach a story to that type, um, and you can in the ballroom as well in right. terms of who's playing the piano, the the character that's on the the. Um, chandeliers the two guys yeah the two characters the chandeliers and then the dueling ghosts right. out of the portrait so there's there's a lot of different people that you can kind of put into uh, a story that would give you a feature film but i just i don't think anybody wants this to be a straight comedy yeah you know if you can do it in the tone of the first ghostbusters where there is a supernatural element that for its time, was pretty scary. Yeah, especially for younger kids. But oh, the then library. also have the yeah. Oh no, that 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 she messed me up for years. <laughs> I never wanted to go to a big library. When I went to the New York Public Library in 1985, I think it's the first year we went out there. So it was just after the film. I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to the basement. I'm not, I'm not going down there. You can look at the card catalog. No, I cannot. It just flies all <laughs> over the place. Um, so my question though is: Has there any? Has there ever been like successful? Film based on a Disney attraction ride, Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean, just Pirates though. Pretty much. I mean, they did they did Haunted Mansion 
Um, they did Tomorrowland isn't really Tomorrowland. Is, it's not connected to a ride. It's more right. of the idea of what Tomorrowland was supposed to be. Other than that, they haven't really done one. There's a very interesting again when when Marvel and Disney did their their comic books. They did a Big Thunder Mountain one, mm. which was kind of interesting because it's the idea that it is a the the there's a supernatural element to the mountain that's trying to keep uh, the miners from going through it. And of course it's because the miner in the book is a, is a robber baron and mm. all that stuff. And that was kind of interesting. Um, they did a Tiki room one, which was basically fantasy Island. The Tiki room exists on this magical Island where the birds can talk. Um, so haunted mansion country bears. Oh Pirates God. Of the, oh, of the Caribbean. oh no. <laughs> I forgot about country bears. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Yeah, because I think the only one I knew about was Pirates, but I didn't didn't know if they had any other... No, no, my child. And Pirates succeeds despite itself. That first film is so much better than it has any right to be, and then they just get progressively worse. Yeah. Um, Tower of Terror. Okay. They didn't do... That's not based off... They used an idea from a... That's Steve Gutenberg and uh, Kirsten Dunst. No! (laughs) The Goots. No! (laughs) No, no, my child. No more nano nanoing for a while. Yep. Uh, let's oh. see. Tomorrowland is considered in there. And Dinosaur is considered. Dinosaur's not based off of a ride? What, yeah, what ride and is Mission based to on? Mars. Oh, mm. Mission to Mars. I'll give you that one, too. Dinosaur's not based off of a ride. Dinosaurs first opened in Orlando, Florida in 1998. Um, that's probably why. Oh, is that an- no? That's Animal Kingdom. Mm. That's after the Animal film, Kingdom's though, dinosaur ride was called Countdown to Extinction. Extinction. It wasn't until the film based on the ride premiered in 2000 that it was that the name was changed to promote was the movie. 2000. That movie was 2000. Wow. And it is based on the ride. Wow. Man, we're old. That movie should have been so much better. The original concept art for that is done by William Stout, who's one of the most iconic paleo artists in history. Aldar is based idea, by, uh, voiced by D.B. Sweeney. Yeah, uh, That film was supposed to be wordless. Mm-hmm. Um, the original villain was actually a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but they decided to do the Carnotaurus because they wanted something different. And his designs for the Iguanodons were so much different. And they had to change the mouths of the... Part of the reason the movie changed was because they, when they had to speak, they had to change the mouths of the dinosaurs to include lips. Which is why walking with dinosaurs, they, they don't talk. They, yeah. they talk, but it, it's all like internal. So they, they list seven movies. So now there will be eight with Jungle Cruise. Okay. Yep. And then nine when you do the remake whenever, of. Whenever Jungle Cruise comes up. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about Mission to Mars and all that too. Wow. Um, wow. That would be amazing. <laughs> so, knowing the director now, knowing what types of films she directs. Nope. I'm out. It doesn't sound I'm out. it doesn't sound like it's going to be any better than, than the Eddie I'm Murphy one. Out. Although, remember, wait, 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 the Eddie wait, Murphy wait. one would be Wait a minute. Better. Remember, the Russo brothers only directed comedy before Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, but they directed good comedy. <laughs> uh, Most people a lot of people what, would what's sing, on her list None of those are smash successes. There isn't anything there that really. Well, I think I mean not like I'm, they're successful ish. Like the ones that I mean, I, 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 I imagine the they had higher hopes for Spy. Yeah, 
Uh, they probably had higher hopes for snatch. That's I watched like five minutes of that it was on like IFC or something. That is terrible. I watched Bill and Ted three. I gotta watch Bill and Ted. Um, Don't tell me anything about it. Let's keep going with the, the, the female thing. But yeah, no, I'm 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 on the same boat as Chris with this one. I think it's something I can pass and maybe this, is a no, this has to have one hell of a trailer to get me involved. Right. I just I just knowing what the Eddie Murphy one was. And the idea of the Eddie Murphy one was he was a realtor and they were going to sell, or his wife was a realtor. One of them was a realtor and they were going to sell the house, but they were going to stay in the house before they could sell it. And she ends up looking exactly like the, one of the ghosts in the house, the owner, you know, the head ghost in the house, ends up looking exactly like his you know, past love that had died. Go figure. Have you heard this story before? No. He looks like it? No, she looks oh, like it. she looks like it. it. So he immediately starts to figure out a way to get her away from Eddie Murphy and everything, and they're trying to save you know, their souls and everything. And So they go through the house, and it basically takes them through pieces of the Haunted Mansion as they're going along. Haunted Mansion. You know, they have... Yeah, I'm good. Host. And then at the end, they end host. up... Freeing the ghost and all the souls come back to life. Don't and the house comes back everybody. to being a nice, beautiful, southern-style mansion, and they nope. live in the house. Nope, nope, nope. I'm done. Just, make it, something a, like just that. make it a sequel. I'm pretty sure uh, Eddie Murphy isn't doing anything. Well, you make Eddie Murphy one of the ghosts, then. Well, trust me, Eddie, from Eddie Murphy's career is a ghost all of a sudden. Not really. He's starting to come back. I mean, he had that Netflix thing. He had that Netflix thing that you don't even know the name of. Oh, he was nominated for an Oscar for it. Last year, he was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, yeah, it was an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, oh, Jennifer Tilly plays Madame Leota? No. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> I totally forgot. That yes. is offensive. Yes. That is no. <laughs> oh, she did, she that, did do a bad job. No, that is offensive. Not for Madame Leota. No. No, uh, no, no. Terrence Stamp? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Wallace Shawn. I think Terrence Stamp was the, uh, was he, he was, he's Ramsley. Yeah, he's the head. Uh, no, he he's might. The, be. He's the groundskeeper, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Nathan Parker. Wow. Okay. It was. Yeah, it was not. Um, Roy. <laughs> so, going from a reboot to a never get, <laughs> a never going to come a, out. A I never guess. Boot. A never boot. Black Widow is still being. Sought to be in the movie theater in November. It, by when, Disney. Whenever it's coming, it's in a movie theater. I yes. still contend. Mulan, okay. Here's the difference. You know, like why can Mulan go to VOD or Disney Plus and Black Widow wouldn't? There's a difference. Woman who stars in Mulan, nobody knows who the hell she is. Scarlett Johansson has points. Mm-hmm. And if you don't release this movie in a theater, she's gonna sue the living daylights mm-hmm. out of Disney. Because if you do VOD and you're talking about okay, if you have VOD and four people go to the movies. And it's fifty dollars, and they have to report that as the box office versus buying the VOD for thirty bucks, and ten people can watch it. If I'm her lawyer and I get points off of the the full the full number, I'm suing Disney mm-hmm. because you didn't put it up for success. You didn't offer it to people that could go see it. Right. You you minimized the amount of money that you would have made, or you you handcuffed the amount of money that it could have made by offering it as a VOD and then onto Disney Plus six months later or what right. have you. So I still contend. Because remember, for years, they said they were never going to make this movie. Yep. And the pundits on the inside said it was because Scarlett Johansson is too expensive. 
She's 20 to $30 one million. Dollars. Yes, one of the main reasons was Scarlett Johansson is too expensive, and we didn't think she'd be able to carry a film. So they finally make this film after she dies. Let's go back in time. The first Phase 4 movie takes place in the middle of Phase 3. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh that's, what I was like, so that's, not, it, a, that's not so, a phase four movie, and neither is... Neither. So is it a, really a phase four film, or is it a phase three film? It, to me, it's a phase three film. They, they, everyone keeps referring to it as the first film of phase four, which makes it's no not. sense to me, because Homecoming literally deals with the end of phase four, which is the snap, and the, and the defeat of Thanos. Mm-hmm. Far with, from home. Far from home, sorry. I keep saying Homecoming. Um, far from home seems like that one they should the, call. They should have called it Farfig Newton. The far I mean, from if home. He's in, if he's in Europe, he Spider-Man is. Farfig Newton. But it, Far From Home seems like... Far, far From, from home, home is the start. It, no, but me. isn't Far From Home the, uh, the, the animated dinosaur film? No. No, it's Land of... That's, it's the Land Before Time. Is yes, that's thing, what it yes. is. But Far From Home seems like... There was a Far From Home, I think, movie. The Homeward Bound with the dogs Homeward and the cat. Homeward Bound. Whatever. But... Yeah, anyways, yes. Far From Home. Far From Home feels like the start of the new... Because this is the world as it is... Going forward, yes, but he was coming back to the Marvel it doesn't Cinematic Universe. Mean anything. So they had to call it Homecoming. Matter of fact, they don't even go to Homecoming in that movie. No, and then the third one will be Homesick, Prom, or <laughs> Home Ass, or whatever. Home the, Ass. There's a lot it's of people saying ass. it's going to be Spider-Man: Home Alone. Well, it's going to be Spider-Man stuck at home because it's a pandemic going on. That's the last thing we need in a Marvel film. Is just to remind us that we didn't get to see Mar- Black Widow in 2020 because everything shut down. Um, I don't think that's... So, Black, I, I, when they released Mulan, when they announced the news, Bob Iger says, or no, it was Bob Chappick said, this is a one-off. This isn't like this is our normal plan. Not necessarily completely shutting the door to it happening again. No. But the idea that this is not what we're looking to do. And of right. course, everyone said he's just straight up lying. I don't think he's lying at all. This isn't what they want to do. No. And I think the only reason they did it is the with Mulan is that there are theaters open in China. Not all of them. They do have safety concerns. They they are, but at least you can show it on a movie screen in China, which that movie was going to make massive bank. Oh yeah, in China, yeah. like crazy, and I'm sure it still will. Mm-hmm. Where here it was sort of like if we release it, let's get it out there, let's get it done. But there's no one in that film that you would look at, read that that list of cast, and go, oh yeah, that guy's getting points. Oh yeah, that guy's got back right. end. Oh that guy. There's well, no way the like director Aladdin, might. You know, I mean, yeah, Aladdin, Aladdin didn't really either. But Aladdin, you at least had Will Smith that was probably getting back points. No, Will Smith was trying to get back into acting. <laughs> Woo! Here's, I'm the genie! Yeah! Here's the thing, too, is if they're releasing it in China, they know China has a big market on piracy. So they're like, well, if we're gonna, if they're going to release it only in China and wait for us to uh, have it in a theater, you're going to get a majority of people here that are just probably going right. to end up pirating that's it. That's a good point. And there's no, there's no point in releasing it in a theater later on. So well, That's a really good point. So... um. So I'm just looking we should to make see. a board like with all our names on it, and then when one of us puts a good point, we just put check mark. Okay, so here's the thing. Look at and here's another thing that I think they took into consideration with this. Aladdin was the last live action Disney princess Disney you know movie yeah. made from an animated movie into a live action. I was trying to figure out how long it's going to take you to get to that. Okay, the movie made of a movie that Disney made before, but not as a live action. But an animated. this is this is another reason why I think Milan is specifically. This is why Milan is fit for this. Because domestically, Aladdin did $355 million. Mm-hmm. Internationally, it did 695 
right. for a total of one you know of a billion dollars. Yeah. So No, there's there's theaters open in Europe, there's theaters open in Australia, yeah. there's theaters outside of here. Black Widow Marvel films do well everywhere, but they do really well in North America. Right. So all you have to do there's two other props. You know you're gonna have more Marvel films. Yes. We're gonna get now it's just called Eternals. They dropped the the, the. apparently yeah. uh, the head of Facebook went and told them like get rid of the, <laughs> the. or whatever. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. <laughs> um of a no, it was Napster. It was Napster. Oh gosh, what was his name? What was that guy that changed the world? Douchebag McDouche. Who owns like an island? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we, there's a lineup of Marvel films. This is the longest we've gone without a Marvel film. Yes. Because, you know, Disney got to the point where they're like, you know, here's an idea. Let's just release one every two weeks. Let's just do that. We're going to have 24 next year. <laughs> so this is the longest we've gone without a, a Marvel Sean film. Sean And, um, but with the backlog that's there, that's not done. Even if you release Black Widow tomorrow, mm. there's still going to be another year before we see another film because Eternals is not done. Correct. It's not even right. close. Well, it's close. It's not that close. So you, you're, you're still fairly far away between them. So you might as well keep waiting. And then you just go back into the pipeline of here's three films a year. Here's four films a year. Who's 62 right. films a year. They're going to release a new Marvel God, film. 62 every, films yeah. a year. Yep. They're doing almost two a week. Some of two will be two a week. Yep. In the summer, they double up. Oh, I see. You're going to get Shang-Chi and Shang-Chi 2 the same weekend. They're just going to shoot them back. They're going to just show it as a double feature in yeah. the theater. You're just going to be like, here you go. Go to Shang-Chi. Eight forty bucks and you get a double, double feature. Remember when they did double features? Yeah. It's so weird to watch Major League Baseball this year. There's so many double headers. No. Yeah. Because they were already built into the schedule. And then as some of these teams had to get, you know, canceled games because of COVID, there's all these double double headers. And going, wow, I forgot what double headers were like. Principal photography for um, Eternals was July, 19, July 2019 to February 2020. So yeah, much of that they're probably going to reshoot? Well, there's always reshoots. Yeah, but you know how yeah. much of that? They have so much time to figure it out. Yeah. If Rogue One had happened now, <laughs> that oh, movie God, yeah. would have been so different. Oh, well, any yeah. I mean, right now, we hope that with this extended hiatus, if you will. You're either going to get stuff that's really, really good or really, really bad. Yes. Uh, a friend of a friend is writing for a TV series, and he's talking about how different it is because... Where they used to have like two weeks to do an mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. They have like two months. Oh, yeah. And they're working on multiple episodes at a time. They're able to be able to do the whole season. Yeah. Without shooting a single frame and go back and, you know, they get to episode nine it, or yeah. whatever and they're going, you know what? If we if we put the beginning of this in yep. episode one, that's going to be go back and change one of the scenes in episode one. That's why I said next year's, so, next year's TV we're going, uh, series. You mean, think about it if Game of Thrones would have had this. You know, they could have gone back and they the could final have, season would have been. I, even I, worse. I, have, I have a feeling that it wouldn't. They just stopped caring. So well, they, they be, stopped. No, caring. they stopped caring anyway. <laughs> they stopped caring when George R. R. Martin stopped caring. No, I'm saying the the creators for Game of Thrones just stopped caring during the last season. So that's I feel like even if we had this situation, yeah. it would still be. Well, the yeah, same. remember they, but, they they took two years to do that season anyway. So yeah. yeah, writer for this right now, right? It's been the greatest thing for writers. One is most of the studios furloughed everyone except the writers mm-hmm. so the writers could keep on writing then normally with writing you know, with the season writers are on 
they're writing, you know, for three weeks, they take a week off to start recharging and start coming up with the new things. And then they're back on writing for three weeks Two, it. You know, right. There's a, there's well, a they first take the, They take that extra week to come up with ideas to progress. To right. Stories and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, this is the, the best time for writers right now. Yeah. It's good because it allows them to give time for you to come up with ideas. Just think of all the Star Wars novels we're going to get out of this. Well, all the Star Wars novels are late already. Yeah. I, just, I love that they had already announced that they moved High Republic till next year, and then they announced the Mando novel coming out in October, mm-hmm. and a week later said, no, no, it doesn't come out till next summer. I was like, yeah. how did you have the novel that hasn't even been announced yet? You tell me it's only three months away at the time, or four months away at the time, when the novel that you announced four months ago, you still moved it back to February next year. Well, uh, George R.R. Martin said, look, if I don't have the next book out, by, he doesn't. He's not. He's not. He's by May, after, the, after all of this, he's you never, guys have the right to just shoot he's me. Never going to do that book. That's probably why he's in hiding because people are. He, probably wanted, he's, he started a new series between it. So, yeah. so um, Disney right now still has Black Widow scheduled for coming out in November. There's a few titles that are still available and still listed to come out in November. We don't know what we'll see when we get there. But every time that we think, oh, we'll be fine by August, we're not. And when we're fine by October, we're not. Mm-hmm. When we're fine by November, we're not. When we're fine by 2021, we're not. So I don't understand it other than they have to pick up something. Right. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I mean, what a tenant was just listed as to be determined. Yes. You know, like yeah. the official poster said coming to theaters and that's it. It had no date <laughs> on it. Um, they're putting a name because if it happens, awesome, they have that weekend. But if it doesn't, they just end up moving it again. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, at this point, I'm putting it at 10 to 90. I mean, we, we, saw, we already saw Venom got moved. Everything that's been mm-hmm. within October, November has been moved. Well, a lot of that stuff, I think, was still in production. Snake Eyes, we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. But all that stuff that's in, that, that didn't finish production, it's just gonna, you're going to move it because you just can't finish it. But the other thing is, you're not going to get backlogged because... Filming has really just started again, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and it's not even complete. Not even all of the filming has started. Basically, no, anything they started Jurassic World, whatever the name of the third one is, Domination, Domination, and they had like this long list of you know all these precautions. This is mm-hmm. what we're taking, and we went out and we shot for like a week, and then they shut it down. They sent everybody home. Yeah, someone got sick. I mean, that's. What we're seeing is every time they go back to production, everyone, it stops. Right. So now we've come back to this thinking of, you know, we're not even going to bother starting because the amount of money that they spent to put Jurassic World domination in this sort of bubble that they tried to do and still had to shut down production again is a massive amount of money just to shut it down. again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the, the we're looking at sports. Thank God the bubble for the NBA and the NHL worked because they spent a ton of money to get these guys into the bubble, mm-hmm. spending a ton of money testing. And so far, for the NBA and the NHL as a bubble, it's worked. We haven't right. had any, they haven't had a single positive case since they started doing it. But it's this. hard to do that with, it's impossible it, to do that with a, with a production. With a production, I mean, yes, you can, you know, if you're going on location or something, and, but if you're, you know, to wherever. Right, and you can sequester you can, your you can actors, sequester, yes, but you can't the staff. No, and you need product from outside of the bubble. You can't just create everything inside. Well, the Well, that's bubble. the other thing is you're also on a you know most of the time you're going into a live, you yeah. know, set where or even even a live you know a city or something whatever you're filming, you know, you're going into that community, and you never know who's going to have it. Right. You know, you need extras for things. 
mm-hmm. and you're hiring most of the time with extras you're hiring local people you know they're not going to hire a crew from la where they need a hundred extras and take all those hundred extras with them to, to georgia yeah <laughs> or any you know for these uh these sports bubbles the the staffs of the hotels are sequestered too they, right they yeah. have to live in the same spot barely anybody's going outside the bubble and if they are they're quarantined before they're able to go back in medical uh you know if someone gets hurt someone got hurt in in the nhl in the play-in series which is before the first round someone got hurt had to go to the hospital he wasn't fit to play when he came back anyway but if the team had continued to win he still had a quarantine for 14 days right he's on a 14 day injured reserve list because you cannot come back. You're not allowed back in the bubble until you're 14 days by yourself in a room outside of the bubble and then is transported in a bubble van. Not a real van. That's just a bubble. It's like a Pope. That would be but awesome. They have, they have transportation in and out of the bubble for something the that bubble, there's a, is There's a is clean. van that has a bubble around right. it. Yeah, it's called the Pope Mobile. Miss the Pope Mobile. <laughs> bounce into things. Just bring... <laughs> it's a big hamster wheel. All, all bumper, uh, like bumper cars. It's a, it's a hamster wheel. Um, it's just, you know, I mean... It, when they don't even know exactly how this thing is transmitted, and they keep changing how it's transmitted, how it's this, that, and the other, it's nearly impossible to to lock down every yeah. single person. You know, I mean, if you did it for a TV show, you'd have to live on the set if you're going to do a right, bubble, yeah. or live on the studio and make sure no, no everything one... would have to be filmed on set because yeah. that that way they can. That's the only way they can ensure that people don't leave. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, no, it's just not plausible for a production to do that but here's the thing we got into this pattern with hollywood where we had reboots remakes reimagining of the same stuff you know taking old scripts and you know i mean granted hollywood's done that forever you know where they've taken an old script and renewed you know redid it or stuff but it was it didn't seem like it was within five ten years of each other you know and now we've gotten to the point where it's just Everything is a remake or reboot of something else. Hopefully, with all of this time to write and to think, and you know, writers have actually come up. No, with they, some... they just came up with sixty more sequels to Avatar somehow. <laughs> yeah, we're still getting. What is it? Is it five sequels, six sequels to that? Something, something like, like that. That, yeah. that was on FX again for like the forty-six thousand time. Well, I say over this the weekend, and it's terrible. So, but I, I, I say all this about coming up with new stuff. And we got the announcement this week that Powerpuff Girls Powerpuff is now Girls. going to get a live action series. This again one is thing, a no for me. <laughs> Absolutely, I, this is not an. This is not something I'm interested in at all. The only way that I could see you could do it is if you really use it as almost satirical, as an adult version. Like what happens to the Powerpuff Girls when they grow up? You know, when they're not girls anymore and you, you hire three young actresses and they're all in Power their Puff 20s. Women. Yeah. And it's like power Powerpuff chicks or Powerpuff women or or whatever in a world they in which the girls. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like just, they're not girls. Just Powerpuff. Because I mean, what are you You're gonna make a film with eight year old girls. What's well, a TV show? TV show. Fine. You're gonna make a yeah. TV show with eight year old girls running around. Well, that was my next punching question. monsters. If you are the producer of this I'm not because I would say no. <laughs> what age would you set this? The Powerpuff Girls are basically eight. Yes. Yeah, somewhere. You know, they're they're mature for their age because it has to be somewhere a TV between series, like the eight and ten range. They're, yeah, they're they're not even into double digits because they're little girls. If, well, would you set this, uh, you know, to be their tweens? That's the same. Then well, that yeah, would the re- same age range. That right? would uh, appeal or or be more of what I'm saying. 
if you're going to go this and move forward and have older, quote unquote, older women, you know, tween to twenties, and be like, what are what are Powerpuff when they're not <laughs> when they're funny. not uh, when they're not the girls anymore? You know, what happens to the Powerpuff girls when they're not girls? When they are women with these powers that they can use to you know destroy the planet or whatever? Or would you find three little women? No, don't just stop. I know, where, no, I know where you're going with this. Just stop. <laughs> Your Powerpuff Girls. No, just stop. And then just make them look like the you know the characters. From just the stop. Um, no, well, I'm just you can't make girls look like the characters either. I mean, they're cartoons, so that's fine. Right. But I mean, I don't know. It just it, I I can't see even an eight year old actress dressed up like that. And being taken seriously in any way, shape, or form as a live action Not version. even on a Disney show or no. a Nickelodeon show. It's, uh, well, this, you, this, you one, this one these, was like, huh? All those superhero type TV shows that Disney has, like on Disney XD or whatever. And you see how corny and, and cheesy those are. Yeah. But, they, but they're almost satirically set up that way. Yeah, but it's, but they take, it's the same they idea. They take that's themselves what the, too seriously. That's it's what like, it's going to end up being. Powerpuff Girls is corny and stupid. As a cartoon, it totally works. Yes, I get that. Like, are you going to hire a real monkey to play Mojo Jojo? Well, you, that, well, you obviously, using, you're going to use. A are CG. you using a chimp with you, a with a do, turban? Do, so they do like Dora and they the just Explorer. get him to move his mouth. I give him peanut butter so he can do that. But and see, or you do it like Mojo Dora Jojo the, is Jojo what about Mojo. The, the Dora the Explorer movie. <sighs> she was a teen, and they yes, well, the, they made her like ten years older than she is in the the cartoon, and then tried to treat it like she was the cartoon age. No, really, no, because they, they just, referenced because they even make a reference because she meets up with Diego and she goes. Wow, Diego, you've changed quite a bit. Right. What I'm saying is her adventures were just like, that film is creepy. That film is like, that's a fetishist dream. And and can we also state the fact that it was not successful? (laughs) Everybody went to Dora the Explorer. (laughs) I think that's the main thing that studios should look for in new product is, will we make money on this? Well, there is supposed to be somebody at the studio that's looking at that. Yeah, and they're always wrong. The thing with Dora the Explorer, like you said, the the trailer comes out, and like the first few comments, in jest or otherwise, was Dora. Yeah, I'd explore. Yeah, because now she looks like someone. Yeah, and it's wrong. And it's just like no, this is not good. Uh, Yeah, those comments were good, and they just got progressively worse. No, if they did a Dora Explorer, like the the one that. Uh, college humor did that trailer that they made with Ariel Winter, where it was like a super on action movie. That I would be more interested in because that was hilarious. The, the little trailer that they put out, but this one is just well. Stupid. When I looked at the, when I saw this, I was like, you know, okay, I like the Powerpuff Girls. You know, it's fun to sit down and Dude, watch. I love the, cow, the Powerpuff. Well, I haven't watched any of the new ones because that's blasphemy to me. Um, <laughs> It was fun because that know, show was amazing. I sat down with Arabella watching the original. When they didn't ask wanted, Tara Strong to come back, I was that, out. That's what was, that was I was out. Like, <laughs> no, she wanted to watch the newer ones when because they, they when they made the announcement. Mm. We watched the original ones first. And she watched the new ones. And was like, this is garbage. Yeah, no, the, and she, she's the age range that they wanted for that this. group yeah. that was doing those shows for Powerpuff Girls and Samurai Jack and those types. Those were guys who knew they didn't dumb down those shows at all. Right. You watch those old ones, and there's a lot of stuff in the Powerpuff Girls that's not. Oh yeah. Like, why is this in a kids show? Right. There's some amazing stuff that's in there. There's, there's, you know, the way that they beat everything up. I mean, Violet as a character 
was an amazing character. Like, like you presented this little girl who wanted to solve all her problems with punching <laughs> and then put her up against someone like Bubbles who would stop in the middle of a fight to pet a puppy. <laughs> Bubbles is the best. <laughs> I think Bubbles is everybody's favorite. Yeah. No, Violet's my favorite. I loved Violet. Really? Well, Violet was amazing. Bubbles that was, was always my favorite. favorite. Bubbles, Bubbles is great. There's not a bad one in the group. <laughs> and of course, Mojo Jojo's is the best villain. <laughs> Mojo Jojo. So last week we were talking all things DC. Um, we had the the Batman trailer come out. The Batman. The Batman. I've gone back and watched it. I now understand what Sebastian was talking about with the guy with the duct tape. The guy that is wrapping duct tape around somebody yeah. is wrapped in a mask. You know, like, like it looks like it Hush looks like bandage. Hush. Yeah, yeah. It's so, supposed to be the Riddler. Yes, supposedly, but we'll see. And apparently, there somebody might be went 675 through 675 villains in that movie. Well, obviously, no. it's the it's the Rogues Gallery of Batman villains. Yeah, they have uh, Pace, Kite Man, Kite Man, Moth, uh, calculators, the, the dude with like rainbows coming out of his butt or something. You know, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised no one they've never done a movie with Calendar Man. Calendar Man, you know why they haven't done a movie with Calendar Man? And Calendar Man, I mean, do you know why? Because he sucks. Yes, but you could really you could do a long Halloween type movie with you. You can do the long Halloween type movie with it, long Halloween. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't necessarily need. Let's not do the type. Just go ahead and do the film. If you're if you're gonna rip it off anyway, and Calendar Man's only in one episode or one issue because yes. Batman comes. With, you did this. No, I didn't. Yeah, you're right. And then he leaves. <laughs> that's the end. <laughs> Um, and, then, and then they get up. No, Bruce, they don't. You can't throw them off of a 40-story building and they get up. Yes, they do. They just go to sleep when they hit the ground. And then they get up later after we leave. So one of the fight. riddles we see in the trailer got posted around the internet. And somebody figured out what the riddle was. Someone, that person was someone who works for Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I thought the same thing. Yeah. It's like, they just... He's know. like, check this out. I know what this is. I worked on this. <laughs> I invented that language. It. Boom. So that way... Well, that way you, I, look, I look so cool. If you look at it, you can My see thing, the, what the symbols are from. Yeah. I mean, each one of them in the... In the um, it's from Man of Steel, isn't it? It's all Kryptonian. <laughs> no, but it, it's... You can see that you know, like the different higher the hieroglyphs that you know would would indicate what that letter would be, right. or word would be. Um, so if anyone just sat down, it was the time, or had the time, they would know. Or what if it was. anybody really cared enough. See, instead to... of watching Haunted Mansion for the third time, maybe you could have done that instead. You could have been famous for all of ten minutes. Well, but it gets shared so much, nobody knows who the original one is anyway. At that point, right. Yeah. Like I shared this from John, who shared it from Mike, and Mike shared it from Roger, and Roger got it from Vivian, and Vivian got it from Baby Yoda, and then Baby Yoda got it from Rode. So the the hieroglyphs ended up spelling out what does a what does a liar do when he's dead? He, he still just, lies. He still lies, or he lies still. He lies still. Yeah. Yeah. It means the same thing. So everybody, you know, was. All up Woo, that means the that means the super villain is Jason Todd because he's dead. <laughs> like, no, you already had that road and you ruined it in the comics. It doesn't work in a movie because it's gonna be like Jason Todd is the villain, and through three tenths or three quarters of the audience, even go, though this is who the hell is Jason Todd? Even this is year two, and we haven't had yeah. one Robin yet. Exactly. I saw that with that one. I was like, oh, Jason Todd's the villain. Like, oh, he's not. <laughs> Unless they redo it where Jason Todd was always the Red Hood. They just introduce him as the Red Hood. They never use him as a Robin. But then why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I know. I mean, I just I thought it was more interesting that somebody that people more thought somebody than, took the time to yeah, do this. It's more interesting than Zack Snyder's bat film, yes. And it but, was more interesting. Yeah. But okay, how much time did they take? Probably, you, probably somebody know, works for Warner but Brothers. But it was no, you, but you know, it's somebody from Warner Brothers that's working in their social media department that released it, knowing what the, it was, just so they could get keep this hype going with it. Yeah, that's I mean, what that's, I would do. But that's yeah. what everybody took away from it. There's the three things that everyone took away from Fandom last week was, uh, I don't want to play a Batman game without Batman. Um, I'm so excited. For two and a half hours of more Justice League that only costs thirty million dollars and doesn't get reshot, and okay, maybe vampires should turn into bats because this actually looks pretty good. Um, I saw that photo. I was like, why didn't I think of that first? Like that's great. Maybe vampires can. He looks fantastic in it. I've watched it a couple of times after. I was like, he looks good. He looks like he looks like someone that would be Bruce Wayne. I get it. Did you hear who the voice of King Shark in the? uh, Well, there's a Suicide Squad. There's a rumor floating around. It's Taika. No, but I think they came out and confirmed that it's Samoa Joe. Is it the yes. wrestler? Good for him. Yeah, he's the one that used to be. Uh, he's the one that used to have that rap career, right? <laughs> he just had that one song. Lean back, lean back, lean back. I, th- I think that's. Fat, I'm having a heart attack. Lean back. lean back, But then he became Samoa Joe because he decided to go to wrestling because he had one song that was oh, literally. You laugh. You laugh. But Fat Joe has attack. made a ton of money off that one song. And he's basically not needed to work other than maybe producing. Yeah, but he work. had a heart attack while he was doing the song. So, you know, because leaning back was so arduous for him. You mentioned that if they Fat were going Joe, to do yeah. a, a long Halloween type movie, they should just do the long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was a purpose for that. They're just doing the long Halloween, but yeah. it's animated. Yeah. To me, this is like um, World War Hulk. Or, uh, yes, World War Hulk. They do World War Hulk? Oh, Planet Hulk. Sorry. Yeah, they did do Planet Hulk. You forget that they had animated movies once upon a time. Yeah. Marvel's like, eh, F this. Well, here, the thing with the animated movies, especially on DC's end, I, I like because they go on in more adult tone. It's usually on the PG-13 to, like, rated R for their rated animated R. movies. And they do a lot more. So I, I'm totally up for seeing The Long Halloween as an animated movie through the I'm scared DC. with this one because I love The Long Halloween. It's one of the only... Bat books I have continuously read over and over again mm. and would hate to see them screw it up. Yeah. But then again, I don't really need to see them do it because I enjoy if reading do, it. If you don't change it, there's no reason to do it. Here's right. Th- direct, direct adaptations to me are BS. Yes. They just don't work mm. because what am I getting that's new? Right. You know, when, when the Space the redid Psycho, why? Shot for shot. Oh, great. So it's just, you give me Vince Vaughn instead of Anthony Perkins. That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. What new are you going to bring to that adaptation? They decide to adapt, to, to adapt um, the killing joke, and they're like, what new can we bring to the table? I got an idea. Have a 17-year-old girl have sex with a 35-year-old man who's basically her father. Yeah. <laughs> and people went crazy for it. Like, Yay. This, oh, no. Scrows. <laughs> I don't need this. So I've said the same thing with Marvel. Like, stop giving me. I don't need. Civil War to be just like Civil War. Right. Give me something different. Mm-hmm. I said for a while now, like, the next Avengers movie should be fighting Magneto. Not that the Avengers have never fought Magneto. They have. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's a staple. It's a storyline. Avengers versus Magneto happened in Avengers 165 through 74. And here's but our, you do have those people thing. that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that but that's, why not do something? Give me... 
you screwed up Claw by killing him. Yes. How great would Claw have been as a villain in another movie? Oh, I know. Yeah. Against somebody else. Flip them around. Marvel did this once, this Acts of Vengeance in the 90s, where they had, like, basically the Kingpin hired Doctor Doom to go after the Punisher. Yeah. It's like, he's never fought you before. <laughs> yeah. So you can go kill him, and then I'll go take on the Fantastic Four, because I'm fat. Um, <laughs> but the point was, like, <laughs> that's, switching. That's, that's a great reason. <laughs> that's what the Kingpin's known for. He's fat. Um, he was bounce all people off muscle. His muscle under the fat. Uh I wanted something. Give me. I don't need a direct adaptation. Yeah, I know. The, well, that's what I, I, I just got this argument was it Acts of Vengeance or whatever, where they had the Deathstroke and Damien, I think. Yeah. Whatever they did for that one, everyone was bemoaning that it didn't follow a specific storyline. I don't need a specific storyline. Right. Give me a new film with these characters. Why do we like, like Young Justice? Because it's not based off of a specific comic. It was like Young Justice was a new story of how these characters form this young super team in a world where the Justice League exists. And then they give us the same episode for 16 weeks in a row and then wonder why nobody watched it. Happy but give Harbor. me something new. Gee, welcome to Happy Harbor. Go to hell. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I just got into this argument with somebody. We were talking about uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film and, you know, like uh, Ready Player One and things like that. And it was like, well, you know, they worked so well with the first Harry Potter movies where it was almost directly what the book was. And everybody, I'm like, all the all the critics said all those those first two films are terrible. Yes. It wasn't until they got to the third film, like, okay, I'm actually on to this because it's different. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying to explain. There was no, you know, even, even Douglas Adams, the writer of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know, he's changed the book a few times. Yeah. And even was there, you know, he, he didn't make it in his life to see the end God, of the production George of the Lucas movie. Books? Oh, no. Uh, but he said, you know, somebody, a fan asked him one time, well, which do you find, which is the, the definitive Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy story? He said, which one do you like? And the kid kind of just looked at him like, what are you talking about? Tell me which one I'm supposed to like. You know, he said, no, whichever one you like is the definitive version for you, it may be different for somebody else, so it doesn't yeah. have to be the same for everybody. You know, if you're going to, he goes, "Why?" Well, that's the that's the plus side of having something being different than rather than a definite or a direct adaptation. Because also, when you're watching something that's a direct adaptation, it's just like, "Well, I know the ending." Yes. So what's the point of me watching this? I've already read the story. I know what's going to. Ha- I know how they get yeah. from A to B, and I know so. C's coming. Well, the end's probably going to be the same in a lot of things. Just, well, the really, ending, really ending could be the same, but then they can throw something in the middle that would like yeah. twist it up, and you're like, oh, is it going to end the, the same? The way that, that or, you know, um, Peter Jackson and uh, uh, Fran Boyles, and Philippa, the three writers, basically his wife and the other writer, mm-hmm. and they struggled with figuring out what to add and what not to. What to take out, what to add, what to allude to. In Two Towers, in the Battle of Helm's Deep, the elves show up. It never happens in the book. Right. But the book is extensively mentioning that the elves are fighting the orcs in the north. And it's the only reason that the the kingdom of man never gets overrun by the orcs before this because the elves are fighting their war in the Mm. northern part of Middle-earth in order to keep the northern orcs from coming in and joining up with To Upper Earth? Uh, well, this is the Middle Age of Earth. It's so, not a uh, physical place. It's not the Upper Earth. It's the um, northern part of the land. Right. There's Middle Earth and there's Upper Earth, which is no, north. There isn't. No. It's the Middle Age of Earth. 
Um, so they used the <laughs> they used the elves in the film because one, it was visually striking. Mm-hmm. Two, originally it was supposed to be a way to get Arwen into the second film because uh-huh. she was supposed to be a part of it, and then they cut well, all. Arwen out. wasn't even supposed to be. It wasn't even a character that was in that was originally in Tolkien's version. No, Arwen's in the book. She just doesn't do anything. Yeah, but okay, she doesn't have a she does she doesn't go and get Frodo. Yeah, and she doesn't go fighting. She doesn't have that role that she yes. does. And um, I'm sure. I don't think I don't think Orlando she's Bloom's contract had him to be in that film more too. He had to be shown more in that movie. He's uh, Legolas plays a pretty big part in the book. Leg- yeah, he also doesn't make it. He dies in in uh, in uh, Eleanor Fields. Mm. Um, so they have them show up. Was their version? Um, the cap was on my water. Wow. <laughs> wow. That broke Ethan. Having them show up was their way of honoring what was in the book. Yes. That the elves were not just running away from the war, which is basically mm-hmm. what happens. And then you get to the point where Elrond's on, hey, you know what? Whether you throw the ring in or not, we're gone. Mm-hmm. We're going to the land, the undying lands. We're leaving this world to earth. Good luck, bros. And then leaves. And of course, Arwen convinces Elrond to bring the sword back to, um, to Aragorn. And in the book, I don't think she does. She's not the one that makes that no, decision either. Not. It's Elrond comes at of his own. <laughs> and then, you know, Jackson did the same thing with the Hobbit trilogy is he took things and pieces of the book and moved oh, them around boy. and told the story a little bit. He took pieces of the indices, indices of, Lord of the Rings and put them in there. Correct. Mm-hmm. Took little little snippets of stuff from the back of the books and said, you know what? I can make three movies about this. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and go, why did you do this? How dare you? Just... So, Snake Eyes, the movie, Hey-ho. the G.I. Joe movie, is going to be as hard to find as the Cobra Trooper and no, Beachhead. hard to find the Cobra Trooper. You have a Beachhead. No, Ethan still has it. I haven't let him... Let him bring it in, drop it off, bro. I don't um, so Snake Eyes, the film, has gotten pushed back again. Again, so now it'll be coming out in they say October of twenty twenty one, almost. So it's almost they they do it. They they postpone it a year. Yeah, it's well. I mean, it's kind of the same as what Fast and Furious did. They yes. they just jumped a year because they're like, we want to make sure that we can wait it out. So I'm, I Look, feel if they like they can if, jump between buildings. They can jump a year. <laughs> so get them into space. Do you now? Here's something. Do you think that for no, something like Snake Eyes, which may no, which may not have been very good? God, could you imagine Fast and Furious like Armageddon? It's just a ragtag astronaut group. <laughs> they have to drive the that cars have, onto an to, asteroid. Anytime I ever think of that, all I can think of is <laughs> Ben Affleck's commentary where he told. <laughs> Michael Bay, why is it easier to train miners to be astronauts rather than to train astronauts to be miners? And he told me to shut the F up, and that was the last we spoke of that. I love that. He comes just like, Michael, why is it e- what makes it easier to have miners trained to be astronauts? It's a movie, Which man. is very difficult to do instead of just having the astronauts trained to be miners. Shut the F up, Ben. <laughs> okay, that's the last of that. <laughs> it makes for a good story. No, it doesn't because no, it <laughs> it's terrible. Go that's back a, and watch that movie again. I used I, to I know. love that movie. I used to love it too. I know. It's, and you go it, back now and you just go, oh. 
It's the same, like, because even... Have you ever loved that movie? That movie's never been good. I, I, Nothing Michael Bay has actually directed has been good since the first Transformers film. And even then, that's mm. stretching it. I don't know why I like No. That movie is horrendously I mean, it's bad. Not, it, you know, I know you don't like like Fifth Element and things like that, so it's not Fifth that Element's type. stupid. You shut your mouth, sir. <laughs> it's stupid. You it's shut your mouth, film. sir. That is a bad movie, but I love it. No, that is a movie that was definitely written by a 14-year-old, which is when that movie was written, when Luke Besson was 14 years old. <laughs> that is a bad movie, but it is one it's of my a, favorite no, no. bad movies. It's a bad movie. He said, you shut your mouth, sir. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I will keep telling that movie. I don't care if it's if it's Bethy's favorite movie. That movie is not good. She loves that movie. That movie oh, is, a, I, is, I is love. a waste. Of I like that. I like. I really like that movie. It's, I also like Valorian. But it, oh, oh. <laughs> that was on. What the heck was? Oh, at the in the cinema room at at the gym. When I was on <laughs> the bike, and Melissa and I are watching it, and it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, it's not, it's, wow, this is bad. It's like, this is aggressively bad. This is like you stop the take and go, hold on, guys. That's way too good. Make it worse. <laughs> Somebody explains the plot in a scene and they go, nope, cut that. We don't want anybody to know what's going on. We just want crap. On, we just want chaos on the screen. And for whatever reason, you know, Harry Osborne's in it. And a model. But when I they asked like her, could that. you be a model or an actress? And she said, how about neither? And they said, that's a good idea. <laughs> I like that. I like her as an actress. She's a good model, too. I like her as a model, too, yeah. So you're all up on Suicide Squad? No. No. I mean, look. No. At least no, that, but the thing, the scary Carnival thing is Row? she's not the worst actress in or actor in Suicide Squad. No. Because the guy who plays Rick Flagg should have been executed immediately. And Jai Courtney. And Jai Courtney. And Jai Courtney. <laughs> You can never <laughs> stop trying to make Jai Courtney a thing. I would love to see you and Jai Courtney meet up and just like walking into each other. Oh, he'd kick my ass. I'm not saying he's not a fit looking dude. You're that motherfucker. <laughs> like <laughs> no, no, it was Stacy who first told me that Jai Courtney can act can't act better than a post. It's literally just a post in the middle of the screen. You had four <laughs> diehards that were good, and then you put Jai Courtney in it, and everyone's like, this doesn't exist. Why is this here? Yep. He's not the only problem with that film, but he's a pretty big problem with that film. <laughs> you had a Terminator film, Geninesis, Gen Vaginasis, whatever Genitis. it is. The movie almost ruined Ethan. What Amelia if he Clark shows up in a Star Wars movie? Yes, and I was so scared when she was cast in that Star Wars movie. <laughs> because when I saw Geninesis, she is awful. <laughs> Awful, awful, awful. Your water bottle had a better chance of being a better Sarah Connor than Amelia Clark was in Vaginasis. And I was so scared. Because, like, I guess she can only play one thing, maybe two things, because she was in that. Why you is know, it Vaginasis? Vaginasis. <laughs> but I'm trying to Because it's, yeah. it's just all spelled weird or whatever. You might as well call it Vaginasis. There's no um, I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> There's no story. I mean, like if he was trying the to make the point thing that in that Amelia film. that Amelia Clark is a female and she's in the movie, maybe. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think but, of. No, because that film is just a douche. That's why. 
giant, that's why it's vaginas. No, giant, no, giant Courtney. Giant Courtney's terrible in that film, but he's he's also he's like on. It's like he grabbed Amelia Clark and said, "No, you get to act as bad as me, and then let's go." Arnold Schwarzenegger outacts both of them together. Arnold Schwarzenegger outacts two people in a film, and the middle is hilarious when. You know, they, they ruined it in the trailer, which is great. No, John Connor is the Terminator. Yeah. <gasps> what? I can't believe I just saw that on the screen. Six months before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And then they say, but wait, we went back in time and did this and this. And he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of my favorite. Red Letter Media did one of those things where they were like doing one of those those boards as to how Terminator makes sense. And then the how it doesn't make sense. And, and the argument against making sense is they literally just tell you, Oh, <laughs> in the film, they just say, I don't know. We're at a point now where none of this makes sense. That's about, oh God, you got to watch Bill and Ted. I'm going to watch Bill and Ted. I was, I was busy watching other things instead. I had, I had to watch it yesterday morning. I show, I, I bought it Friday and Beth got, I showed Beth the trailer again and she goes, I, I don't, why'd you I, buy this? I, I don't really want to see this. I'm good with the first two. Mm. This one just, the trailer looks like crap. <laughs> And I'm like, I, I got to watch I'm. I think I'm on the same boat as Beth. I, I watched that trailer and I was I like, her, I said, it's going to ruin the first two for me. And watch all three. <laughs> she goes, that may be the only way I can watch the third one. <laughs> <laughs> um, to Snake Eyes. <laughs> Snake Eyes is not in Terminator Vaginasis. Um, the thing, the thing with it being so far back is my. You can fix it if there's anything wrong with no, it. No, my fear is that he doesn't do it. Mm. I think that actor drops out of it. Oh yeah, so you got way too much time yes. now at this point because they haven't really done anything for it. Yeah, it's a movie that could be good, probably won't be because it'll just be. They should do the whole thing silent. Make it a 1920s picture. Um, he's going to talk in it. You're going to get him before he gets whatever accident is there. Yeah. Because what the thing is, is in the comics, Snake Eyes can talk when he joins the Joe team. Right. It's one of the first missions with the Joe team when the he's trying to rescue Scarlet from a crashing helicopter when the other helicopter slams into it and this fireball explodes in his face and it severs his vocal cords. He was very quiet, but he could talk when he first came to the G.I. Joe mm. team. When he's in Vietnam, the time after Vietnam, when he's at the Arshkagi Temple, when he comes back to the United States, when he gets recruited by Stalker and Hawk to become a part of the Joe mm. team, he can talk. He just chooses not to very often. So that's where I think in the film, and again, I don't think you're, you're, you're hiring this guy and telling him, here's the thing, you're going to wear a mask the entire time. And... Uh, because you're, if we take the mask off, your face is going to look like, you know, you should be on a sick kids commercial or something. Um, well, they, they made it work with Deadpool. Yes, because Ryan Reynolds is different. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, Tom Hardy. Half of Tom Hardy's films are like, hey, Tom, we're going to put you in someplace that, something that doesn't let you breathe. Okay. <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you need, bro. Okay. Um, okay. 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 All of that. Uh, or, you know, Ray Park, because he's like, oh, I just want to post videos of my ex-girlfriend giving me a blowjob for some reason. Um, we don't get a Darth Maul series anymore. Um, <laughs> I love how you did that in Duel, the, the Duel of Fates uh, town. Awesome. I'm no. so awesome. Ray Park um, doesn't play me anymore. 
So I'm going to uh, go ahead and do the the wrap up now because we're going to end the show with, with our tribute to. Chad well, no, wait, we can talk about it. Um, like I don't want to just play the thing because there's no, 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 no. I, 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 want, I want to talk about, it, but I'm wanting. I'm not going to end the show normally with you know. Hey, check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're Nobody does anyway. Why would we? <laughs> at this point? At Nerdables Show and also on Instagram as Nerdables. So, Friday Which night. Which just did. Yes. <laughs> Friday night, I came home from work, and I'm sitting there on the couch, and all of a sudden, my Twitter, you know, notification goes off, and it's from Chadwick Boseman's uh, <laughs> official account. Mm-hmm. And it was from his people putting out, you know, their condolences that he had just passed away. And I'm looking at this going, no way. This this can't be real. I, I know I get notifications, you know, but why is this coming from his official account? There's, you know, And I'm looking through going, I can't find anything. The first thing I find is KTLA put something up on their website. Mm-hmm. And it can, I'm like, okay, that's two official sources. This happened. Yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden... Not even ten minutes later, everybody's everything just you know. It's funny when you texted because I went to my uncle's house on Friday for dinner, and I was in the bathroom and you texted it, and I'm just like, "Holy crap!" And so like I'm just like we're talking about it in our thread or whatever, and I realized I was in the bathroom for like half an hour as my dinner was sitting on the table, and I was like, well, "Maybe I should go back <laughs> to the dinner table." But, he, but here's here's the thing: he was diagnosed in 2016. April 2016. We'll talk about it this way. Let's just let's just go through this. Um, a lot of people have mentioned Ryan Coogler, who directed Black Panther, said um, he had no idea he was ill. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody outside of his doctors and his immediate family knew he was ill. Right. He is a very private person mm-hmm. to his, his private life, and so he didn't tell anybody. And so he'd been dealing with this for four years. Ryan Coogler, in a statement with Entertainment Weekly this morning, said, I met him after he was diagnosed. Had right. no idea. He did Black Panther. He did Infinity War. He did Endgame. All did Civil War. He did, no, Civil War's Civil before. Civil War's before. Was it? Yeah, Civil, Civil War's the first thing. He, Ryan Coogler did not meet um, Chadwick Boseman until after Civil War. And remember, Ryan Coogler did not hire Chadwick Boseman. The Russo brothers did. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that that auditioned oh, him. I'm I was thinking about the films that he did while he was diagnosed, not that's, when yeah. Ryan. No, no, that's that he wasn't. Di- he was diagnosed after Civil War. Between was Civil it? War and Black Panther is when he was diagnosed. He was diagnosed oh. in 2016. Um, he had already finished shooting. Uh, Civil War, so Chadwick Boseman plays King T'Challa while he's sick. Mm-hmm. He plays the Black Panther while he's sick. He visits kids in hospitals while he's sick. He does press while he's sick. He did Saturday Night Live while he was sick. He did the Jimmy Fallon show in which they did a piece where they had set up this fake thing at Universal of having the Black Panther Panther poster and asking people of color to come and talk to the poster, talk to Chadwick through the poster. And, of course, he's actually there and he pops out. And, unfortunately, Jimmy Fallon did it too. And somebody (laughs) needs to digitally erase him from that because he just comes like, I got to put my hands on everybody. Jimmy Fallon needs to die. Wow. It's, so, so I mean, it's such a powerful moment that he ruins over and over such again. Such a strong thing to say. Wow, they don't. It's like... when you watch this and you watch his interaction with people mm-hmm. who yeah. love him, have never met him before, right? Because of who he plays and how he plays him and the way that he plays him, mm-hmm. that he had to take on that role. 
He's the face of a film full of black actors that takes place in Africa. The language that they're speaking, this is in Kugler's statement. I never knew this. They're speaking the language. It's X-O-S-H-A. It's Zosha. Yeah. So the, the gentleman that played King T'Chaka is a, is a South African acting Actor. legend. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's his native language. Yes. Chadwick Boseman learned those lines in Zosha on set because in the morning, that actor, Ken, I think it's Ken. I can't remember, I can't, I can't remember the actor's first name. I just read it. He told them, like, I wanted, I wanted to use this, this language. Yeah. And they're like, okay, let's do it. And he learned his lines. And that's when Ryan Coogler met with the Russo brothers, he asked about the language for it. And the Russo brothers says, it's Osha, it's a real language. It's the language of that actor, of King T'Chaka. And he said, they decided to just go with it on the set to have them go back and forth. And in Coogler's statement, he says, I realized all of a sudden that Chadwick Boseman learned his lines in a completely another language in less than an hour. Yeah. And was able to do it. Mm -hmm. He did all of this while battling cancer. Didn't tell anybody. I'm going to keep going. He went and visited sick kids who were fighting for their lives, just as he was. Right. And look at those pictures. And he's smiling. Oh, and yeah. he's there, and he's put himself forward. He has one of the best SNLs with all the humor. He has one of the best mean tweets, one of the best ones ever from Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. How is a guy who is like the most most black brother on the planet have a name like Chadwick, and he reads it, and he busts up laughing? <laughs> Every he, actor and this, actress. He's also, this character, Black Panther, has become a social icon. So for, he plays. Oh and the first, here's, first here's, actor. Here's the, here's the big part of all of it for him. It's not just Black Panther. He played Jackie Robinson. No, no, no. I know that. No, no. Hold on. Let me, let me finish. He played Jackie Robinson in 42. He played Thurgood Marshall. Mm -hmm. He played James Brown. He's played American icons and American heroes. What, when you see the type of person that Chadwick was, this was the type of person that Jackie was. No matter what was thrown at him, he had to, to, to meet it with class. He had to meet it with dignity. He had to meet it with humor. He had to meet it with power. Chadwick did all of that. He became this face for an entire generation of people. The tweets that I'm seeing, how do I tell my kid that Chadwick is dead? Right. Because that's the power he has. The power he had playing a king of a fictional nation set in Africa, which is the most advanced nation on earth in this film, and to give them the hope that this could be real. Right. That going forward, not only our future could be better, but our present could be better. And he invoked all of that mm -hmm. while he's sick. Yep. He knows he's going to die. He gets the, he gets a diagnosis of what's basically stage three. That's unrecoverable. Yep. The five-year recovery for it almost is non-existent. And the tragedy of all of this is colon cancer. If it's caught when it's early before it spreads has a 90% survival rate. He said he so he posted a video on what was supposed to be Jackie Robinson Day for the for MLB the day that he breaks the color barrier, and that's where everybody thought oh something looks like he's wrong with him. But then it was just no, it's got to be for a role or whatever because he's not going to tell anybody. He passes away on Jackie Robinson Day that was it was observed in Major League Baseball. Um, he passes away on the anniversary of Martin, Martin Luther King's speech, which is the greatest speech in American history. And if anybody wants to fight me, come here and I'll punch your lights out because there's no other speech in American history that's better than Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech. The closest one is. Kennedy's not even not, close by a close. mile yeah. and a half. I'm just saying, no, that's the closest one you could compare. Yeah. And it's six or seven football fields away. Correct. 
Um, this affected me really weirdly. Because it's not made. I knew that film's not made for me, but I can still enjoy it. His, his path is not made for me. I don't need him as a hero. I've got, you know, Chris Evans is playing Captain America. Christopher Reeves playing uh, uh, Superman. Mark Hamill's playing Luke's. I got a bunch of white heroes. Right. And not that there are another black heroes or black characters that were, but this was something different. And when you read it and you said how people, it affected me Mm -hmm. because he affects so many other people and the way that he did it. I mean, the burden that he quote unquote took on is just insane. I would say to be able to play it. Well, there's a burden to it as well, because if it didn't work, oh, boy, sure. would it not work? Sure, sure. There's I mean, a responsibility it work, to yeah. it as well. You know, because this is the first black, major success of a black superhero. He was the face of of a film that was majority black actors and actresses mm-hmm. that is what? Third in the Marvel film box office? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two Avengers films and black fucking Panther. And he's the face of that. Yeah. And he plays him in three other films. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read Ryan Kluger's entire statement from Entertainment Weekly because it's so powerful to me. Um, so he starts, I, inher- I inherited Marvel and the Russo Brothers casting choice of T'Challa. It's something that I will forever be grateful for. The first time I saw Chad's performance as T'Challa, it was in an unfinished cut of Civil War. I was deciding whether or not directing Black Panther was the right choice for me. I'll never forget sitting in an editorial suite on the Disney lot and watching his scenes. His first was Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, then with the South African cinema titan John Caney uh, as T'Challa's father, King T'Chaka. It was at that moment I knew I wanted to make this movie. After Scarlett's character leaves them, Chad and John begin conversing in a language I'd never heard before. It sounded familiar, full of the same clicks and smacks that young black children would make in the States. The same clicks that would be often would often be chided for being disrespectful or improper, but it had a musicality to it that felt ancient, powerful, and African. In my meeting after watching the film, I asked Nate Moore, one of the producers of Civil War, about the language. I asked him, do you guys make that up? Nate replied, that's Zosha, John Candy's native language. He and Chad decided to do the scene in that on set, and we rolled with it. I thought to myself, he just learned lines in another language that day? I couldn't conceive how difficult that must have been, and even though I hadn't met Chad, I was already in awe of his capacity as an actor. I learned later that there was much conversation over how T'Challa would sound in the film. The decision to have Zosha be the official language of Wakanda was solidified by Chad, a native of South Carolina, because he was able to learn his lines in Zosha there on the spot. He also advocated for his character to speak with an African accent so that he could present T'Challa to the audience as an African king whose dialect had not been conquered by the West. I finally met Chad in person in person in early 2016 once I signed on to the film. He snuck past journalists that were congregated for a press junket I was doing for Creed and met with me in the green room. We talked about our lives, my time playing football in college, and about his time at Howard studying to be a director, about our collective vision for T'Challa and Wakanda. We spoke about the irony of how his former Howard classmate, Tanahishi Coates, was writing T'Challa's current arc with Marvel Comics and how Chad knew Howard student Prince Jones, whose murder by a police officer inspired Coates' memoir, Between the World and Me. <coughs> I noticed then that Chad was an anomaly. He was calm, assured, constantly studying, but also kind, comforting, and had the warmest laugh in the world and eyes that had seen much beyond his years but could still sparkle like a child seeing something for the first time. That was the first of many conversations. He was a special person. He would often speak about heritage and what it means to be African. When preparing for the film, he would ponder every decision, every choice, not just for how it reflected on himself, but how those choices could reverberate. He said, they're not ready for this, what we are doing. This is Star Wars. This is Lord of the Rings. But for us and bigger, he would say this to me while we were struggling to finish a dramatic scene, stretching into double overtime, or while he was covered in body paint, doing his own stunts. 
or crashing into frigid water and foam landing pads. I would nod and smile, but I didn't believe him. I had no idea if the film would work. I wasn't sure I knew what I was doing. But I look back now and realize that Chad knew something we all didn't. He was playing the long game. And while putting in the work, all while putting in the work and all the work uh, and work he did, he would come to auditions for supporting roles, which is not common for lead actors in big budget movies. He was there for several Mbaku auditions. In Winston Dukes, he turned a chemistry read into a wrestling match. Winston broke his bracelet. In Letitia Wright's audition for Shuri, she pierced his royal poise with her signature humor and would bring about a smile to T'Challa's face that was 100% chat. While filming the movie, we would meet at the office or my rental home in Atlanta to discuss lines and different ways to add depth to each scene. We talked costumes, military practices. He said to me, Wakandas have to dance during coronations. If they just stand there with spears, what separates them from the Romans? In early drafts of the script, Eric Killmonger's character would ask T'Challa to be buried in Wakanda. Chad challenged that and asked, what if Killmonger asked to be buried somewhere else? I'll stop right there because watching the film, that is one of the most powerful lines in the entire film is what Killmonger ends up saying. And that was brought about because Boswick thought he should say something different. Uh, back to the statement. Chad deeply valued his privacy and I wasn't privy to the details of his illness. After his family released the statement, I realized he was living with the illness the entire time I knew him. Because he was a caretaker, a leader, and a man of faith, dignity, and pride, he shielded his collaborators from his suffering. He lived a beautiful life. And he made great art. Day after day, year after year, that was who he was. He was an epic firework display. I will tell stories about being there for some of the brilliant sparks till the end of my days. What an incredible mark he's left for us. I haven't grieved a loss this acute before. I spent the last year preparing, imagining, and writing words for him to say that we weren't destined to see. It leaves me broken knowing I won't be able to watch another close-up of him in the monitor again or walk up to him and ask him for another take. It hurts more It hurts more to know that we can't have another conversation or FaceTime or text message exchange. He would send vegetarian recipes and eating regimens for my family to me for my family and me to follow during the pandemic he would check in on me and my loved ones even as he dealt with the scourge of cancer in african cultures we often refer to loved ones that have passed as on as ancestors sometimes you're genetically related sometimes you are not i had the privilege of directing scenes of chad's character chichala communicating with the ancestors of wakanda we were in atlanta in an abandoned warehouse with blue screens and massive movie lights but chad's performance made it feel real i think it was because from the time that i met him the ancestors spoke through him it's no secret to me now how, able, how he was able to skillfully portray some of our most notable ones. I had no doubt that he would live on and continue to bless us with more, but it is with a heavy heart and a sense of deep gratitude to have ever been in his presence that I have to reckon with the fact that Chad is an ancestor now, and I know that he will watch over us until we meet again. Um, that's just, I mean, I've read that statement three times. I really, it, it's so, there's few people that you, and celebrities that you, you don't get over. Mm-hmm. We all dealt with Kelly Fisher's death. Robin Williams did that to me. On a, on a lower note, Michael Crichton when he passed away, because the same thing, he didn't tell anybody he was sick. Junior Seau when he committed suicide. And this is the one, like, I don't connect with the work the same way, but I felt like I connected with the importance that he had to an entire group of people. That it's all but impossible to replicate. Right. And did it in such a great way. And I, and I think part of it is, God, I love that SNL episode. He's so good in it. Mm-hmm. He's so, I mean, there's so much humor and everything. And to know that he shot that while he's dying. To know that he insane. shot all of this while he's he dying. He shot all of it. Is impressive and it, it's inspiring in a way. There is a power to him in the dignity. Oprah's tweet said dignity that what he faced with such dignity to be private about it to not make it about him he made it about everybody else yeah 
He's there for everybody else. Uh, Chris Evans' statement and 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 Scarlett Johansson's and the Russo brothers and Marvel and I mean even even, even Josh Lu- Gad Josh Lucasfilm said something about yeah. it because it was just like we never got a chance to work with him but he's a part of the Disney family mm-hmm. and it's just you know the people that that he touches in in so many ways and you know if you could find one person on this earth that has a bad thing to say about him you found someone who's lying right and it's just. And the hard thing is, is there's, there's two terrible tragedies to me. Is one is that you, if you find it early, and the second not tragedy on a personal level, he's seven months younger than me. Yeah, he's seven months younger than me, and he's gone mm. because of cancer. And it's 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 a weird thing to feel like you don't know how to deal with it without it. Really, without I mean, I. This one hit me harder than, I mean, not, I mean, it, this is up there with Carrie Fisher, Robin Williams, you know, this hit me harder than like, say like Kobe or something like that. And not, not to diminish any one of those. It just, yes. Also Chadwick Boseman didn't rape someone. So let's take Kobe it, out but, of the effect, but just on a, you know, on more of a personal level and it's not, a lot of it isn't because of his work as an actor. I mean, it is, but it's, who he was and how he lived. I think that's the the one thing that a lot of people connected to him because he's just a great human being. You know, Roman is a great actor, but what's greater than his acting is his humanity. And I think part of what you feel is you feel for other people that this affects. Yeah, as in it, you know, we as Star Wars fans, when we lost Carrie Fisher, when we lost Kenny Baker, when we lost Peter Mayer, that affects us because we're just like we're never going to see those people again. Mm-hmm. We're never going to mm-hmm. enjoy being able to celebrate Star Wars through their lives as they have the legacy of, of their work through it. For this, there's a whole group of people, people of color around the world, who this has got to just absolutely devastate and destroy. Yeah. And that's why I think it hits us because as an empathetic person, you can feel for them what they're going to feel for this. Yep. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why it just kind of breaks you in in so many places um i do encourage people to, to seek out his his tonight show jimmy fallon piece um because it is really beautiful to see people be able to talk about what that film means to them and have him come out from behind the screen and have them freak out uh, i put together an audio package that we'll we'll listen to in a little bit but i did clip some of those uh yeah those there's, messages there's, there's great there's great pieces because it, yeah. it is like for as much as we would go to like someone like Mark Hamill who means something to us, but it's not, oh, I finally saw someone who looked like me up on the screen acting like a hero. Yeah. Like, Mike, could you, I can't even begin to imagine what that's like. Just, because just, just also seeing know. posts all over social media, especially a lot of um, parents who, you know, question, how do I tell my son mm-hmm. who's, you know, a young black man that idolized him? How do I tell him the Black Panther's dead? How do He's I gone. tell him Chadwick Boseman's dead? And um, I, you know, that's, that's something very difficult, I think, for a parent to to think about. Even though he is a fictional character, he he had a big impact in a lot of people's lives. So. In my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. The time has come for you to come home and be reunited with me. 
You're a good man with a good heart. I never yielded. As you can see, I am not dead. You will remember me. Up, General. Up. This is no place to die. This woman, Karen, she is Caucasian, eh? Yes. And she has her own recipe for potato salad, eh? Yeah, yeah. Ah, I understand. It is noble that she would volunteer to cook for everyone. And although I have never had potato salad, of course, I sense that this white woman does not season her food. That's right. And, and if she does, it is only with a tiny bit of salt. That's exactly right. And no paprika. No paprika, no. And she will probably add something unnecessary like raisins. I know, right? So, something tells me that I should say. Say it! Oh, hell no, nah, Karen. Keep your brand ass potato salad to yourself. Ready? Go ahead and tell Chadwick what he and the movie mean to you. Uh, Darren here, just want to say thank you so much for making Black Panther. I can't express how much it means to me and, and the community and my family. Um, thank you from the very bottom of my heart for all that you've done, um, for really being a hero um, that we really need in a time like this. Thank you so much. I cannot tell you how much it means to have you step into the role as our king and be holding it with such grace and poise and joy. Um, me as the as the mother of a young son um, my son's childhood has been defined by barack obama and now black panther so thank you i am so 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 very proud to say that a bison is t'challa the black panther seriously when you made your your big scene when you came out i i shed a tear it was a big deal for me and my friends, and definitely Howard University. So I just want to say thank you so much for showing us that there are avenues for us. This movie has meant to me and to other Black people. And I know this is for you, Chadwick, but I wanted to take a second to thank the Black women, too, because they were so strong on their own terms and answered to no one but themselves. And I think it's so important because they weren't strong because they were angry. They weren't strong because they were hurt. They were strong because they were strong. And that meant the world to me. So thank you, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> All of it's been very personal, just watching the kids um, experience it. And for me, I would say, uh, you know, there, there, there are two. Um, two little kids, uh, Ian and Taylor, who um, recently passed uh, from cancer. And throughout our filming, I was communicating with them, um, knowing that they were both terminal. And, and 
what they said to me is, and their parents said, they just, they're trying to hold on till this movie comes. Mm. And I, to a certain degree, you hear them say that and you're like, like, wow, that's like, I gotta get up and, I gotta get up and go to the gym. I gotta get up and go to work. Um, you know, I gotta learn these lines. I gotta work on this accent. Uh, you know, seeing how devoted all of my castmates are, and knowing that 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 will be something meaningful to them. But it's to a certain degree, it's, it's a humbling experience because you're like, this can't mean that much to them, you know. But seeing how the world has taken this on, seeing how the movement is, how it's taken on a life of its own. I realized that they anticipated something great. And um, I think back now to a kid and just, you know, uh, waiting for Christmas to come, waiting for my birthday to come, uh, waiting for a toy that was going to, that I was going to get a chance to experience or a video game. I did live life waiting for those moments. And so it put me back in the mind of being a kid just just to experience those two little boys um anticipation of this movie and when i found out that they take your time with it Yeah, it's, it's, it means a lot. Look at me. We're going to be okay. 